Amo the Great. Drop some heat today. He got that. He got that uh, freestyle out. What is called super general. It's like six minutes just spitting, 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 spitting. And he's talking about a lot of shit with his, his ex, I guess. And name dropped some other women: Beyonce, uh, Ruby Rose, um, somebody else too. I don't know. Um, I've seen it, of course, because of the content. That's what had everybody reposting it. But I listened to it, and what I respect is just the talent. I don't care about Kevin Gates's relationship status or the messy shit that he was on in that song, but that boy can rap. And from the time he really started coming out and started being like, you know, just real visible and, and showcasing this music and stuff. Kevin Gates been consistent. He's been consistent with the skill level of rapping. And as much as he might be a weird ass nigga and he might say some wild shit and he says some foul shit, actually, you can't really deny that man's talent. And in a world full of rappers that can't rap, I really respect and appreciate Kevin Gates having respect for his craft, even if he may not have respect for anybody or even for himself. You know, he did that uh, freestyle. I got called a freestyle lightly. It ain't like he really just, yeah, I don't know what they call freestyle these days. It ain't no off the top of the head shit, but just some shit they threw out there. He did it over the Super Gremlin beat, which that alone is going to get people's attention because that was one of the best songs I've heard in a long time, Super Gremlin, Kodak Black. And, uh, you know, it'd be funny to listen to that song and watch certain people react to it because when Kodak's like, we could have been superstars, you switch like a put, you know, when you do his shit, you see some niggas that is, is singing that shit from their heart and you know they talking about somebody specific. And it'd be hilarious because you might know for a fact that these niggas fell out over $20, $30. And they really wasn't on shit, but they felt like they could have been superstars. It's just funny how people equate music to their own situation. So that should be having me cracking up. But, man, very, very good uh, freestyle. It's dope. It's always dope to get some good music in. You know what I'm saying? So uh, shout out to Kevin Gates, man, all the rest of this stuff. They came along with it. You know, that is what it is. But the bars, the so on point. We are officially 14 years removed from Lil Wayne dropping the Carter 3, which is my personal favorite Lil Wayne album. And it's crazy to think that that, that uh, album came out 14 years ago because I still listen to it semi-regularly. You know, every once in a while, I'm still turning it on. And I feel like that was Wayne at his best. We've seen a lot of different Lil Wayne's over the years. You know, he, when he first came out, he was a little kid that couldn't cuss. He had his braids, and he used to sound like a video game and make all them little noises and shit. Then he progressed into the short locks. You know, he started really rapping a little bit more and, you know, 
getting the shit off, and then Long Lock, heavy syrup pouring Wayne was like unstoppable. This is, you know, Wayne killing every mixtape, every feature. You couldn't go nowhere without seeing or hearing this dude. And the Carter Three for me was just like the embodiment of his talent at that point in time. And a really great album, man. Uh, if you ever hear people talk about Lil Wayne, as far as his contemporaries, you know, other rappers and stuff, they've always just got like the best stuff to say about him. You don't hear any any diva stories about him or I'm treating anybody bad. Seems like Lil Wayne's got everyone's love and respect in hip hop that's came across them, you know. And he did go through the, you know, the money thing with, with, with Birdman. That drug on for a while, man. You know, that's part of part of his uh trials and tribulations. He he made it through and then, you know, lately I've been seeing Wayne dropping some more music and it, it's getting back to vintage Wayne. Um, particularly he had a song on Polo G's album where he just went crazy. And I was glad to see that because I ain't gonna lie for a minute. I wasn't really feeling some of the stuff he was putting out, but it seems like he back in his bag. So shout out to Lil Wayne. And unfortunately, I did see something today with Justin Bieber. And, you know, Justin Bieber is not a rapper. He's not, but he is embedded in the culture. You know what I'm saying? I like Justin Bieber as what he's grown into. You know what I'm saying? He makes some really good music. Seems like a real positive kid. Well, man, actually, now, you know, but I saw um, him post a video that he's suffering from some sort of syndrome that has caused half of his face to be paralyzed. And it was real, you know, real uh, eerie watching the video because you can see one of his eyes isn't blinking, half of his mouth he can't smile with, you know, just real unfortunate. And it, I forget what the name of it was called, Ramsey something that I've never heard of. And I'm not sure if it's permanent, if it's treatable, but, you know, he's he's got enough money and, uh, you know, enough uh, resources to get the best medical attention and help that he can to get that taken care of. So, you know, hopefully it's something that he can get through. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I just really hate to see someone so young and positive be dealing with health issues. And that's something that all of us need to crack down on. We all need to get more aware of what we put into our body. We have to make sure that we don't let the stresses of life force bad health on us, you know, because stress will kill you. And I'm not sure what his exact um, trigger was, but, you know, say a prayer for that young man if you if you come across this podcast because, you know, it's just a real tough thing for someone of any age to be dealing with, but... You know, for him personally, man, Justin Bieber, get well soon. As far as taking care of your body goes, um, I've been real conscious of this recently, you know, as I get a little older. And I take a ton of supplements. I try to exercise regularly. And I try to just make sure that I have good energy in my life to try and uh, maximize, you know, what I have. So I'll share a couple of things with you that I take that have helped me that I can see a difference with. And I'm not plugging any kind of products or nothing like that, but just, um, you know, people compliment me on my skin and I can see a change in my body and how it's looking and also how it's working. 
So I'd, I'd share a couple supplements that I take and maybe a little bit of my regimen. But first of all, I drink a ton of water. You know, I have a water dispenser. If you don't have a water dispenser, it's the best investment that I've made. You can get them for a, a couple hundred dollars and less. And, you know, just the big five gallon jugs get you some alkaline water. And you don't have to have these 48 packs of arrowhead or whatever garbage they try to give you. You know, it's just real convenient. So, you know, first thing is water. Um, far as my diet goes, I try to eat mainly fish and chicken. I don't do too much red meat. I don't do any pork. And I try to just stay away from a lot of um, simple carbohydrates. You know what I'm saying? And, of course, sugar. Sugar is more addictive than drugs. It's more addictive than anything. And it's in a lot more stuff than you actually realize. So keep an eye on that sugar. As far as supplementing um, oil of oregano, you know, that's the number one thing that I would uh, suggest for people as far as your overall well-being, you know, your your sinuses, your, uh, you know, I can't get too deep into that shit because I don't, you know, know all the terms. But oil of oregano is real strong. It definitely going to get your attention when you take it. So, you know, I definitely take that. Um, I do black seed oil. I do sea moss in a capsule form. Uh, I also take vitamin D. Uh, you know, vitamin D is real important in helping your body to process uh, things. And you get it naturally from the sun. Living out here in Vegas, it's hard to get sun, even though it's sunny all the time. It gets so hot in the summertime. You'll probably get skin cancer before anything else. So I do take vitamin D and you know, a couple other things, but I just want to give you guys a couple uh, options if you're interested in, you know, supplementing what you already have and what you already do. And if you have any questions or suggestions, you know what I'm saying? I'm more than open to feedback and sharing information. You can actually hit the show directly at the viral flop podcast at gmail.com is one word, all lowercase letters. And, you know, hit me up on that. Why is dating so hard in 2022? Well, speaking from a perspective I can only speak from, which is a man and a woman, because in 2022, there's a lot of different kind of relationships. But from the point of view of a man and a woman dating, the reason why it's so tough is because gender roles has become a dirty term. And you hear the word gender roles, and this is what you see people argue about. And I think that people get it misconstrued. Gender roles, like the woman needs to be in the kitchen, barefoot and pregnant, and the man has to pay for everything. Those are the kind of gender roles that we don't need. Those are counterproductive. Those are things that have been historically seen as people's jobs in a relationship and they're not needed. But the most important gender role and really the only gender role is the ones that nature dictates um, by testosterone and estrogen. It's natural. It's not a thought process. It's nature. So by nature, women gender role would be to nurture and care. And this can be seen from a lot of different perspectives, but even if you think of 
um, creating a life, having a baby. From the moment that the baby's conceived, the mother, the mom, the woman is constantly feeding the baby. I don't mean bottle feeding, breastfeeding. I mean within her body, nature's design. She's nurturing and caring for this baby by default. That is her gender role. This is something that can't be changed. It's something that can't be duplicated. There's not a situation where you can have the man do these things because men are physically incapable of carrying children. Now, and keep in mind when I'm speaking of these gender roles, I'm speaking of pr productive people. I ain't talking about your weak ass baby daddy or the nigga that don't handle his business. Speaking of upstanding men, a man's gender role is to provide and protect. When you think back on anatomy, men are physically bigger, physically stronger, majority of the time, because there is Kevin Hart and there are WNBA players, which would make that sound crazy, but the, the reason men are built physically stronger and bigger is because they're able to protect. They're able to hunt, you know, back in the caveman days or whatever, you know, that's who went out and killed the animal and brought it back. When you get into the thought of a relationship, everybody comes from a woman. So whether you're male or female, you were nurtured and cared for by a woman at some point. Even if she didn't raise you, even if she wasn't a good mom, nature dictated that she nurture and care for you for the time that you were being conceived up until the time you were birthed. So there's a... There's like an un unspoken expectation that a woman provide this in a relationship with a man. And I know I said everyone was carried and nurtured by a woman. I'm not going to get into, you know, alternative lifestyles, but a man is looking to be nurtured and cared for by a woman, right? When it comes to the fellas, if a man doesn't feel that nurturing care from a woman, then she's not holding up her gender role. And you're not going to find a man that's going to want to keep her around, that's going to want to work through it. Because these are bare necessities. When I say gender roles, these are the deal breakers. And it's in most people. I can tell you, I know everything is not, you know, monolithic. No one's exactly the same. But for most people... If a man doesn't feel at the at the least cared and nurtured by a woman, he doesn't have a use for her. Vice versa. If a woman doesn't feel that her man can protect her, provide for her, he's of no use for her. He's nothing. He he has no ties to this woman other than, you know, maybe he has some good game or some good sex or a couple dollars, but that shit is fleeting. So when I say protect, your woman should feel safe with you. She should have an understanding that if you two are together and something bad is going to happen, that you're going to be willing to take the bullet, that you're going to be able to willing to step in front of the threat so that she can be protected. And you may never, you know, hopefully you do never have a situation like, like that come um, across, but a woman needs to at least feel that. 
And when we get to the part of providing, it's real controversial because it goes to the I'm not going 50-50, men need to pay everything when the word providing is sprung up in conversation. Well, providing doesn't necessarily mean financially because, okay, so I just talked about Nick Cannon and his army of children of a day, right? So if any of these women that he had, some of these kids would consider him to be her man's, you know, specifically. And he obviously can provide for all of them. He's got so much money. But are you providing for a woman in money? Or are you providing for her in other ways? Because if you look at some of these housewives, desperate housewives or whatever, you know, the, the, the women that are married to, you know, super rich guys and all this, whenever they get a divorce, the first thing that you hear these women say is, he didn't give me time. Yeah, yeah, I had everything I wanted in the world, but I couldn't have his time. So it depends on the woman's preference of what she's valuing to what providing could mean. Because some, you know, you see, you see a lot of women online saying they have all these funny memes and they're just like, I, I want to be around this nigga so much. I want to live in his skin and all of this. And that's not true for everybody, but a lot of women feel like that. They want to be close to you. They want you to provide the protection physically. They want to feel covered. But if you're thinking of providing in a financially only aspect, how in the world could you demand that much of somebody's time if you expect them to make every dollar? You know, inflation's on the rise. Everything costs more. Wages aren't going up along with the price of living. So if you want me to pay every single bill and I'm able to do it, okay. But then when you ask me, when am I coming home and it's not the answer you want, I'm not providing for you. You see what I'm saying? So people need to really sit back, get more realistic about, first of all, what it is that they want. You have to quit letting the internet narratives try and convince you of something i think that most men if they could would provide a hundred percent for their family but when women say they want men to, to pay a hundred percent and all that i don't know if they really know what comes with that because if you get into a situation with someone that's willing to cater your lifestyle they're just gonna pay anything everything do what you want blow a bag every day you, you have to understand that you're under their thumb. And if it's not a good-spirited person, they could wake up one day and decide, man, this girl's fine, she's cool, but you know what she is for real? She's a walking, talking, annoying bill. And I'm going to cancel my subscription. And if you're not married, that's just what it is. Now you're gone. You know what I'm saying? So now you got to pick up from scratch and figure out how to provide for yourself. And depending on how long you were in that situation, you may not even have developed the skills to do that. So look, 50-50 where both people are contributing, it's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that your nigga's lazy or he's not a success or whatever. 
All it means is that it's harder to live in this world. But if you're in a relationship and you value the other person, you shouldn't have a problem wanting to contribute in every way possible. These gender roles of the man has to take out the garbage, the woman has to do the dishes. You know, if there's a dead, if there's a bug in the house, the man got to kill it. These type of things are things that you can actually work through and you'll realize that those aren't gender roles. Those are biased opinions and those are things that people in power had a preference for. Don't let somebody saying that's a gender role, gender roles, gender roles. Don't let that drive you off of understanding what a gender role actually is and how important and beneficial they actually can be to a relationship if you take them for what they are. And, and then also, you know, if we're being honest, in this time in history with so much confusion about sexuality, about, you know, LGBTQA plus period, all these letters, all these different lifestyles, all these different preferences, you can't institute gender roles in this because if you have a same-sex relationship, it's the same role. You get what I'm saying? If you have somebody that's trans or that identifies as something different, it may not be the same conversation. So again, I'm just speaking specifically for straight men and, and straight women about gender roles. And if a woman can and is willing to nurture and care for a man and a man is willing to and able to protect and provide for a woman, you guys can figure out the rest. You don't need to be swayed by these um, hot topics and these these uh, sexy words that'll get you up out of your skin. You just have to embrace what you are. And if you want a relationship to work, it's going to take some work. But don't be swayed into thinking that some of these gender roles are the problem. Summertime, we're getting into them hot-ass days. And with those hot-ass days comes a few inconveniences. I want to give you guys a heads up on some things to watch for. First and foremost, it's going to be a lot of barbecues, cookouts, kicking it. And, you know, that's always a vibe. You either go out to the park or in the backyard, fire the grill up. But got to be careful because being out in nature is going to guarantee a couple things. First thing is, you don't want to drink nothing but alcohol because you need to stay hydrated. You don't want to be out here passing out. And under the heat, it's a real thing. It happens every year. So be careful with that. Um, as you're waiting on the food, you know, everybody gets to the moment where they start, you know, they stop kicking and they start looking at the grill to see is the cook getting done? Is the meat ready? Is the, you know what I'm saying? So you got everything on the picnic table covered in aluminum foil ready to get at it finally you know what i'm saying they get done with the meat and it's up so you get to making your plate go sit down the moment you've been waiting for but then what happens the flies fly is going to come land on your plate first it's going to follow and hover and then it's going to land on your plate you're going to have the picnic table knees trying to hold the plate on your knees you know what i'm talking about and then once the fly comes, you start swatting it. So it's a whole, it's like an organic dance. I like to call it the organic barbecue dance. 
where you're holding the table knees, holding the food up, trying to swat the fly and still balance everything. I'm going to tell you in advance, the fly is going to win. They're just too fast. Unless you're willing to sacrifice the whole plate of food onto the ground, the fly is going to make contact. And that's okay. It's nasty to think about, but it's okay. What you do need to be aware of is what the fly does once it lands. Because if it just lands and takes off, you're good. But if the fly hits your food and he start doing that bird man hand rub shit while he there, it's contaminated. It's COVID-30. It's the new shit. You got to get a new plate. Get rid of it. And on your way to the barbecue, you know, everybody got to get fly. So you're going to put on a nice little summer fit. Probably go wash your car. One thing that's almost guaranteed is as soon as you wash a car, something's going to do the fuck up that clean motherfucker. So you can be ready for a pigeon to just hover outside the car wash Way for you to pull off in your nice, sparkly, cleaned up ride, and it's gonna shit right on your car. And this is something you can't get away from. You know, also in the heat, you try to park under a tree to keep the interior cool for when you leave, and they gonna get you there too. The other thing about the summer is we have some sort of midterm elections going on, and you know, local elections, and then I see that they have some sort of meetings about the January 6th. Riot, insurrection, cool, whatever they want to call it. And this is another inconvenience of the summer that you got to deal with because people get so charged up politically that it alters their state of mind. And while everyone is out here trying to have a good time for the summer, you're going to get these crazy-ass right-wing, left-wing people doing shit. You know, they're going to be out here flying their flags and... Starting shit, be careful with these people because these are the ones that are going to legally be able to carry a gun. They're going to smoke you for nothing and they're going to get away with it. So a couple summer survival tips from me to you. You know, hopefully everything works out for the best. Just keep your head on the swivel all summer 2020.